Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Diving Into the End Zone. I'm Dominic Armolino. Alex Warner is here. We're ready to talk some football because we have a lot to talk about. And before I get into really anything, if you listen to our other episodes, you know we're big Jets fans. So we're going to start off with that. But before we do, I want to let Alex get a little word in, say hello to everybody, because, you know, I'm not the only host here. So I got to give Alex some love as well and let him share his thoughts to everybody or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, uh, great week of football for everybody. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch some teams uh, push themselves into the playoff race and other teams kind of blow up their spot a little bit. Looking at you, Los Angeles Rams, kind of blowing your stuff up. But uh, interesting week of football for sure. And for most people, fantasy playoffs football as well. Yeah, and you know, like you said, with the Rams kind of messing things up a little bit, Let's just start there, and we'll get right into things. And pretty much yesterday, today, because we're recording this on a Monday, so it's a day after the game, pretty much a sad day in Jets history, honestly. Like, you can put it already up there. But the funny thing is, is that the Jets actually won a game, but the majority of the fan base is upset. And that's because the Jets now own, if the season was to finish today, the number two pick in the NFL draft. And that means they will most likely miss out on the amazing prospect, the quarterback out of Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. So before I get into maybe my plan for the Jets, and really before your plan as well, do you think there's any chance that the New York Jets somehow end up with the number one pick with the remaining schedules how they are? Because you have the Jacksonville Jaguars this week taking on the Chicago Bears and then the Colts. And then for the Jets, you have the Cleveland Browns, and they finish off their season in New England against the Patriots. No, yeah. Looking back uh, a couple weeks ago when we almost beat the Raiders, it was like, oh, damn, like, maybe we can win a game. And then you look at the, you started to look at the Jaguars' schedule to hope that they could win one so that you get a you know two-game cushion there. And you looked at the one game on the schedule that maybe they could win is the Bears. And that was back then when Mitchell Trubisky was becoming the starter again. And you're like, yeah. The Jaguars could win that game the way they're playing right now, but the way the Bears have been playing lately, they look like a playoff team. The defense is back to their old self, and I think the Jaguars are going to have a hard time winning that game. So definitely uh, some sad days as a Jets fan if you wanted that number one pick. doesn't look like they're going to get the number one pick. Um, now you ask, is there a chance they can still get it? You can never rule out the fact that if they get number two treating up, you never know. So... I wouldn't say it's impossible that they end up with the first pick or Trevor Lawrence, but it's a very low percentage right now. Yeah, 100%. And if you actually want to talk percentages, if I am rounding up, because of course ESPN can't make anything easy, they have to add all decimals and all that stuff. But as of right now, the Jaguars have a 75% chance of getting the first overall pick. And I believe it said that the Jets was 24%. So in a matter of, you know, three hours, the Jets fell from being that 70% team to now, again, 24%. So it is really unfortunate for Jets fans and their fan base that have really gone through a lot, especially just in terms of really not having any successful seasons, really hoping to finally get through that. You suffered 13 weeks, and then they win a meaningless game against the Los Angeles Rams of all teams. Let's not forget, too, they going them going into that game, they had the number one overall defense and you just think how did the Jets manage to actually win this game 
It started with Frank Gore, of all people, of course, the 37-year-old veteran running back getting 23 carries. And it really is just a bad thing for New York sports as a whole, but especially for the Jets organization because they're really missing out on something special. But like you said, anything is possible. You never know. They did beat the Jaguars. Excuse me. The Jaguars did beat the Colts week one. So there's always that possibility. I understand it's a different team now. Maybe that was really just lucky since they haven't won a game since. But if the Colts maybe win this week, manage to clinch a playoff spot, I don't know exactly what that takes. The fact that the Titans are still up there in the division and everything else with that. But if maybe somehow they clinch a playoff spot this week or they're in a, you know, I don't know. They would have to clinch a playoff spot for this to happen. But maybe they consider resting their starters. But even still, I again, I just don't see the Colts being in a, position come week 17 that they clinched a playoff spot so pretty much you're Joe Douglas I think you're a little disappointed I mean again you can't read the mindsets of all these people but obviously for a general manager the season is lost so you're probably looking to have the best overall pick and that's definitely what the fan base was doing but of course then you have the player side of it and to me I view this as and I think many Jeff fans do as well They are very happy for the players to be able to pull out a win in a very difficult season, not only because, you know, they're 0-13 and that is something that sucks overall in any season, but let's not forget the pandemic is still going on, having to fight the factors of making sure you stay healthy and don't do anything foolish and test positive and then, you know, that could ruin, you know, the whole team, whatever the case is there. But in order to, you know, just manage to pull out a win, is something special, especially, you know, because again, the season has been so tough, but it just sucks in the long term of things. And, you know, this win might have screwed the Jets over for the next decade. You never know. I mean, I still believe in Joe Douglas and everything that, like, everything that goes around that. It's just a move that really is just so unfortunate. And honestly, if I was going to expect a win, I didn't expect it here. I expected it against the Patriots week 17 because Bill Belichick's, you know, managing his ways and screwing over the Jets once again. But obviously that is not the case and we'll see what really happens there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, wasn't I, I did not expect to win that game at all with the way the Rams were playing. Uh, I watched I watched a bunch of Rams teams. You know, I had Cooper Cup on my fantasy team, so I'm always looking in. And they looked good. They had the last time they played was on the Thursday night game, and they had a week and a half to prepare. So there should have been no way that a head coach like Sean McVay and a team like the Rams lost to an 0 13 team. But the Jets did play well. They. I hate to say this word when referencing an Adam Gase team, but they did out-coach them, out-prepare them in that game. They were clearly, they looked better. The Rams clearly just saw the Jets on the schedule and were like, all right, we're going to win that game. What's the next game? They found the next game is Seattle, which is a big game for them. So that's what I believe 100% what happened. They just overlooked the Jets completely. And Sam Darnold played well, and the, the whole team played well. So, like I said, Besides the first, you know, couple of miserable weeks when Darnold was in and out and Flacco was in, since Darnold's been back and Flacco's had more than a game or two, they've looked like a competitive team that could win some games. Obviously, we've been rooting against them. And as a Jets fan myself, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, like, I, I want to believe in Sam Darnold all season and, like, 
you know, when he came back and had a bad game, and like, like, all right, Trevor Lawrence. But um, and they, but they ended up winning, and we're not going to get that first pick. Doesn't seem like, and um, you know, a lot of people are mad and whatever, but you know, I just think it's you know karma or whatever, and it's teaching me a lesson not to root against my own team anymore. I won't be doing that in the future. Whether the next quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, I don't care. I'm not rooting against my team anymore. It's taught me a lesson. <laughs> Each and every week, I'm tired of losing. I don't care what our record is, I'm tired of losing. So, definitely a, a moment of reflection after this week's game, for sure. For good or for bad. But I'm tired of the losing, and I'm just not going to root for it anymore. Yeah, I think Trevor points would have been nice, but uh, let's, let's hope we can build around Sammy. Because I don't like Justin Fields too much. I agree with what you said, Alex, in terms of not being such a huge fan of Justin Fields because personally, I'm just not a huge fan of Ohio State quarterbacks. Just, I mean, if you look at the most recent ones to enter the league that were all hyped up, it just really hasn't worked in their favor. But I think now we have to look at it as, if you're Joe Douglas, what are you doing at pick number two? I still think you have to evaluate the quarterback position of what's there. Because likely, if you're at two, you're going to miss out on Trevor Lawrence. So then again, next man up would be Justin Fields. You can argue who's three and four between Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. And then, you know, guys like even Kyle Trask in the second round. I mean, I don't think that's an option for them. But I'm just kind of spitballing here. But personally, at, at that point, if in my opinion, if you're not taking Trevor Lawrence because you're missing out on him, I think you're better off keeping Sam Darnold for the season. He still has a year left on his contract. See one last shot of Sam Darnold. Because let's not forget all the hype he had in 2018. Let's not forget the suck for Sam days. Let's not forget all the hope that the fans have had for him. I understand some of that hope has been ruined by Adam Gase and what he was able to do with Sam Darnold, which honestly, again, was nothing. And he even admitted that last week that he kind of screwed that over with Sam and his development. Give it one more shot with a new coaching staff. $80 million and probably even more in cap space. The four first-round picks in the next two years and plenty of draft picks in general. And see what Joe Douglas is able to build. It seems that he hit on a decent amount of his draft picks from the first draft. So that's a good sign already. So let's just hope that maybe a new coach and you know just a new... A whole entire new coaching staff will be able to get Sam Darnold in the right way. Get some protection, get some more weapons, get a you know a edge rusher, and really just go from there. And I think at pick number two, you can either trade down for it, or you can even take a guy like the offensive tackle out of Oregon, Sewell. If I'm pronouncing that name right, I hope I am. I still have to learn it because it is a tough one. But you know, you and then again, you can even trade down, consider taking a guy like Devonta Smith at Alabama or Jamar Chase, you know, I, I, I understand this is maybe not a scenario that the Jets want because we've been the whole entire season of Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, but it's kind of the real deal now. That's a scenario we're living, so we kind of have to think about it. No, yeah, I definitely uh, agree. I mean, you got to evaluate the other quarterback options, but to me, none of them are worth the second round pick. Uh, I mean, second round, second overall pick. Um, there's literally no point in taking a quarterback in the second round right now. Uh, might as well wait till next year or whatever. 
obviously, I mentioned before, there's a possibility we can still trade up to one. I don't know how likely that is to go to the Jaguars and get Trevor Lawrence. You're probably going to take him. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a huge haul in order to trade for that pick as well, which is something that I don't think Joe Douglas is going to be willing to do. It's either they land a number one pick because of the record, or they're not going to get it at all. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, uh, like Sam Donald was hyped up. Let's not forget. I mean, he made an amazing throw last week, uh, t- yesterday, excuse me, to Braxton Berrios that should have been a touchdown on the run, like full speed, hit him in the hands, beautiful throw, should have been a touchdown. He's got the talent. We need to build around him. Like, this has got to be the bottom line. I think this needs to be our focus in the offseason because we're not getting Trevor Lawrence. We need to, I don't I don't want to trade it down. We need to take Javar Chase or Devonta Smith with that second pick. I don't care about if it's too high to take a receiver. We need to take one of them. We need to build around him, give him weapons. That second pick, take an offensive lineman with our second first-round pick. And then, obviously, either take a tight end or another receiver with our second-round pick and then worry about the defense later. We need to know if this guy's the answer with the right playmakers and the right coach and a good system if he could be our quarterback. Now, I have a question for you. Would you consider with that second-first-round pick, because a lot of people are projecting him to be a first-round pick. You mentioned you know, maybe a tight end. What about Kyle Pitts out of Florida? Honestly, I'm not too familiar with uh, college football or other players, really, but... Um, I kind of look at prospects when it gets closer to the draft, more so in the offseason. Understandable. Like, yeah. like I said, outside, outside of the first rounders, I know you said he's projected a first rounder, but uh, not really sure. Okay. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, tight end receiver, again, just flood him with playmakers. Do what the, the Bengals did, do what the Chiefs did with Mahomes, and flood him with playmakers. Like I said, either receiver, offensive line, receiver, or like tight end or something like that. But playmakers in a line and see if this guy's the real deal. We'll worry about the defense later. Let's just be competitive on offense right now. Now, another scenario for you, because it's something that we've kind of talked about a little bit throughout you know, the season. Now, let's just say the Jets land one of the top wide receiver free agents in the market, like Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. Does that maybe change his direction at the number two pick? Are you still trying to go Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith and really just upgrade your wire wide receiver position like immensely? Right. So if we still get if we get a guy like Allen Robinson or something like that, yeah, I still want to take a receiver. But if we get a guy like Allen Robinson, maybe consider trading back to five or six. One of those teams really likes Justin Fields or the other guy, one of the other guys, and they want to trip to the number two to get him. Then yeah, maybe we trade down to five or six, somewhere in that area, and we'll get Chase or Smith still, one or the other. I'm okay with They both look like great you know, receivers. So maybe trade down, get a couple extra picks, and still take that receiver. But yeah, even if we get Allen Robinson or someone of the likes, I would still like to take another receiver with that first pick, offensive line with the second pick, and then another playmaker, tight end receiver with the third pick, which is going to be an early second-round pick. Which I think, by the way the tiebreaker goes, Jaguars would technically get the first pick, but we would get the first pick in the second round, I believe. So we would get the best pick on day two. We would get to see all the players who maybe fell out of the first round. We would have to, we would get the option of choosing from them. Okay. Now, so in this scenario, just quickly before we move on, since we're kind of diving into this Jets offseason thing, does that mean Jameson Crowder gets cut from the team? Because, again, we're tr- trying to think now, if you sign Allen Robinson – your wide receiver trio, before you draft Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith like you would want, that would be Allen Robinson, probably Denzel Mims at the two, because 
and then Crowder in the slot. And then again, Perriman's a free agent. I doubt they'll be interested in re-signing him just because of what he's done this year. I mean, he had some breakout games, but that's really a, really it. So is Crowder getting released? Or are you keeping him and kind of just developing these guys? Or Because again, I feel like if they sign Allen Robinson, I would really like them to take the or, uh, Oregon tackle. Just to think about having him and Becton kind of, you know, being the standing points on that line or the building blocks on that line, would, I think would be great. Uh, realistically, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're getting Allen Robinson or any of those big guys, but yeah, I mean, I would still like to say risky over there. Uh, Smith and Chase, these guys are like, you know, once in a, a few years type of receivers that we can lock up for a long time. But, I mean, Mims looks good. Does he look like he has superstar potential? I don't know, you know? That's know true. Yet. But like a guy like Chase or Smith, take him in the first round and get a player to their second contract you know, like a Julio Jones or a Michael Thomas type of receiver. We haven't had that in ever since Ke- Keyshawn Johnson. And what did we do with him? We traded him away. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, we haven't had a guy like that forever on offense. So that would be nice to see a guy that we drafted, we developed, and we kept him. That would be cool. Yeah. But, like I said, in this scenario, which I don't think is likely, yeah, maybe you consider taking the tackle. And... But I would like to keep Crowder, even if we take another receiver. Because having four receivers is not a bad thing. Crowder was a fourth receiver on Washington before we signed him to be our slot guy. This is true. This is true. And, like, I don't see it. He's got one year left, I think. There's no point in cutting him when he could just be a a slot guy for us. Yeah. And, like you said, there's really never too many receivers, never too many options. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and Demarcus Robinson. And then obviously, again, we've mentioned this before, but you have Travis Kelsey, Clyde, Leviano, yeah, and all those other yeah, ones. Not, not to mention, the tight end position seems to never exist for the New York Jets, so running a four-wide receiver set is not a bad thing. Hey, Chris Herndon actually showed up a little bit last week. Or, excuse me, I, like you said last week, I mean yesterday. But, <laughs> but you know, and it's funny, too, that you brought up how Allen Robinson, you think, you know, that's probably a guy we're not going to get anymore in free agency. But, like, I think about it, and that's just also what not getting the number one pick does. Like, Trevor Lawrence maybe could have lured some free agents here. And now they don't even have the chance of that. And maybe what players could they miss because of that? But that's enough of talking about the number two pick. Let's actually get to the number one pick if it ends up this way. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are sitting pretty at number one. They now have a 74% chance of landing the number one pick in the NFL draft. So if you're looking at, if you're the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they don't have right now, so that job automatically becomes great. What does the offseason look like for them? Well, they need to figure it out right now. They, I mean, they like Gardner Minshew enough to, you know, trade Nick Foles and after they gave him that ridiculous contract for no reason. And they liked him enough to keep him. And then they decided that they wanted to bench him this year. So I don't think they really know what they're doing with Gardner Minshew. I think it's pretty clear right now that if they get the first pick, they're going Trevor Lawrence. How could you not? But at the same time, you have to entertain the idea if you're on the fence about Gardner Minshew, call up the Jets, because clearly this is where they've been going all season. See what you can get for that first pick. The Jets have two picks this year, two first-round picks next year, and this is not me speaking as a Jets fan, because like, if you're the Jaguars, you might as well call them up and see what you can get, because if you're on the fence about Gardner Minshew and you can get four first-round picks in the next year with the two you already have this year, just for... Uh, for for that first pick and only move back one spot, you have to think about it. You know, to see what you can get from the Jets. 
But um, but yeah, same idea for the Jaguars as the Jets, really. Just because the Jaguars have no talent on really either side of the ball. I mean, they had a nice couple defensive picks in the last couple of drafts. You know, Josh Allen, um, Caleb on chase on. And, but really just build, just get the playmakers. They have Shark, Westbrook, and, you know, Chanel. Uh, Tyler Eifert's old. I mean, he's on a good contract for next year. James Robinson looks like a top five running back already. So he's great. Um, their offensive line is decent, above average, I would say. So just keep building around that offense for presumably Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And what's funny about this, too, now, when I was doing research, just in terms of the Jaguars draft picks, I couldn't find how many draft picks they had anywhere online. So what did I go to, Alex? I went to Madden. I made, I quickly just made a franchise just to see how many, what draft picks they had for this year. And I, I still can't believe I had to do that. But anyways, they have two first round picks this year. That is theirs. And then the Rams pick. And that is from the Jalen Ramsey trade. They have two second round picks this year. So that's theirs. And the Vikings from the Yannick Nagakwe trade. They have a third round, their third round pick. Two fourths, which is one of theirs, and then the Rams, and then a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. So they have a decent amount of draft picks to be able to just build around Lawrence regarding the draft. But if you round up on their cap space, here's where it gets a little tricky. I'm not sure exactly what players they can cut to make this go up a little bit because I'm not the huge, I'm not the biggest Jaguars fan in the world, so I don't know too much about their cap situation. But according to onthecap.com, the Jaguars have $24 million in cap space, which if you look at it, it's not that much. So if you're wondering if they could build in free agency, that's not what it's going to be. Yeah, personally for me, that's a staggeringly low number for the offensive and defensive talent they have. I don't know where that money is going to. Who are they paying? Nick Foles? I was going to say, I, I like to think a lot of it has to do with that Nick Foles contract. Um. I really don't. I think they have a Norwell, maybe. They have a couple good offensive linemen, and they're paying a bunch of money, maybe. But outside of that, I don't know where the money's going. What about Ramsey never got a contract extension, right? He got it with, yeah, he got it with the Rams. Um, Westbrook is still young. He never got a second contract. Chenault, um, Chark, they're all young. James Robinson was undrafted, so he's getting paid dimes on a penny. Um, the defense, I mean, obviously everyone has a first-round pick from, you know, Caleb on Jason, but... They don't have any big guys on big names, rather contracts on defense either. Maybe they're still paying some of AJ Boys from Denver. Yeah, that's possible really, too. I, I can't think of why they would have such low. Brandon Lindor, their starting center, who's a bright spot on that old line. You know, I, I feel like I know Norwell is getting paid a pretty penny, probably, and you know Lindor too. But even still, two offensive linemen—that's you know—the cap should not be that low. Yeah, and I mean. You kind of said this. Not, they're definitely not paying Gardner Minshew anything yet. No, exactly. L let me take a check and see. Let me search up the Jaguars depth chart right now. See if I can see if maybe any players were missing. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. But yeah, going off of your point too, you kind of just pretty much said what I was going to say in terms of the talent they have is that they maybe don't have the like most above average guys, but they have some potential. I mean, James Robinson, undrafted rookie for agent, has been phenomenal this year. Brandon Lindor and Andrew Norwell in the offensive line are, you know, guys to keep. Miles Jack is great. Josh Allen has been really good since entering the league. And then the wide receiver trio of 
Chark, D.D. Westbrook, Chanel, even Keelan Cole there too are, you know, explosive weapons for a guy like Lawrence to have. Let me see here right now. So in terms of the offensive line, Cam Robinson, who was a first-round pick, Juwan Taylor as well, uh, those are the two tackles. A.J. Can, the right guard, could he have a big extension? I don't think so. A.J. Can contracts. I'm really interested in this. A.J. Can signed a three-year, $15 million contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's not terrible including a $4 million signing bonus and $6 million guaranteed. That's not that bad. Nope. Joe Sh- oh, Joe Schobert. I'm pretty sure they signed it. He was uh, uh, originally a, a Brown, yeah. Okay, yeah, so th- this is a big one. Five-year, $53.75 million contract. That includes $21.5 million guaranteed and a signing bonus of $12 million. So that's a big one. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't really see anything that sticks out to me and I go, oh, man, this is a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I guess, again, the first-round picks of, like... I forgot Schober was on my team. He's a good player, but he's, you know, like the Blake Martinez type of run-stuffer middle linebacker. He's not the Fred Warner, Tremaine Edmonds playmaker type of linebacker. Yeah, and then also I guess C.J. Henderson as well as a first-round pick. I don't. Yeah. And then Josh Lambeau, the kicker, has a four-year, fifteen-point-five million-dollar extension, and that was of February thirteenth, twenty nineteen. So, either way, though, I mean, you have to be excited to be a Jacksonville Jack uh, Jaguars fan, and you would hope that they're going to be sticking at one. I personally think they will be. And they're not going to be trading that away at all. They definitely shouldn't. And, I mean, you just have to hope you hit on some draft picks. You have four first-round, again, like the Jets, you have four uh, picks in the first two rounds of the draft. So you have to think you're going to definitely add some talent there. And it starts off with your franchise quarterback right off the bat in Trevor Lawrence. No, yeah, for uh, for sure. I mean, hopefully we can build this thing around Sam and get him going. I mean, you look at teams like uh, like the Chiefs. You know, when you win, you could do luxurious things with your draft pick. So if Sam Darnold is the guy, you know, down the line, Chiefs had Alex Smith for a couple of years. He's playing great. What do they do? They draft a quarterback with their first round pick, Patrick Mahomes, puts to be an all timer. You know, when you have these. Uh, Hello? Uh-oh. Was I talking that whole time? No, no. You, you were up until when you brought up Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and then it just cut out. That's all. Oh, all right, yeah. So I said, look at Patrick Mahomes. They drafted him. You know, it wasn't enough. They tanked for Mahomes and desperately needed a quarterback. They drafted and developed because, you know, they had the Alex Smith playing well already. And you look at uh, players like Herbert, who was drafted eighth or ninth, rather, and obviously Lawrence is pegged to be a generational prospect, right? So you'd love to get him to set your franchise up. But hopefully Sam is the answer for this franchise regarding the Jets. But if not, there's quarterbacks every year that come out of nowhere. Look at Burroughs last year. He wasn't on the preseason rankings, and he became the first overall pick. And so there's always going to be these prospects. Hopefully you hit on one of them eventually, you would like to think. 
you don't need to have the first pick to do that. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence this year is the first pick for the Jaguars. But they, these quarterbacks come out of everywhere. And, you know, if you if you draft correctly, you don't need a top one or two pick. Yeah, definitely. And we will, like always, be following the rest of the NFL season. There's only two more weeks to go. A lot could happen revolving or involving the number one overall pick. And I'm sure if anything changes in regards to the number one pick, you'll definitely hear it here because if that was to happen, that would I'm sure we would be very excited, make a whole episode about it and whatnot. But before we move on to our next topic, I want to remind everybody how we are filming on a Monday night, which means there is football going on, and that game is between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. The last time we live reported the game, that was actually between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Washington football team where the upset happens. Let's not forget, though, just to talk about this game. They were uh, The Steelers were undefeated. They lost against Washington. But they could lose three straight now because they lost against the Bills last week. They were down 17-0 at halftime, but they managed to make it a one-score one game with 156 left in the fourth, according to ESPN. Obviously, if you're watching live, it could be a different time right now. But there's 156 left in the fourth quarter. The Bengals have the ball. It's a fourth and ten. And excuse me, the Steelers have the ball. Fourth and ten. The Bengals are winning 24 to 17. So the Bengals, let's not forget, are starting Ryan Finley, their third string quarterback. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers can't beat them, you have to question what the hell is going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers after their hot 11 and 0 start. Yeah, and uh, we definitely talked about this on the show before, that Week 17 game against the Browns looks even larger now. If they lose this game, and they lose next week against the uh, Colts, which are, who are a very good team, um, that, that Week 17 game is for the division title. Yeah. So there's, not only does this loom large in terms of they look like the biggest fraud undefeated team in NFL history, but they also may have to play a wild card game on the road, yep. as opposed to looking like the number one seed two weeks ago. Yep. And it's insane how that can, again, happen in a matter of a week or two weeks. And I, I really think the Browns have the potential that if it really does come down to the division in Week 17, that they will pull it off. The Browns have looked electric. You know, you look at the game against the Baltimore Ravens, they could have won that. I mean, it was really just a very, you know, just a lot of offense in that game. But, you know, you think about all the potential they have. So, again, we'll be looking at that between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Bengals up until the game is over. But let's move on to our next topic. And I brought up the Bills, how they did beat the Steelers next week. Well, let me put it to you this way. The Buffalo Bills have now been crowned the AFC East champs for the first time in 25 years after beating the Denver Broncos on a special edition of Saturday Night Football. They're sitting at the top with a record of 11-3, and and they finish off their regular season at the Patriots and at home against Miami. So I want to ask you, before I get into mine, what will their final record be, and what do you expect them to do in the playoffs? So their record is, what, 11-3 and right now? 11-3 right now. Um, we got a bold prediction here. We got, what, the Patriots next week, right? Yeah, and then Miami. Um, I'm going to go 12-4, and because... You look at the Chiefs, pretty much they locked up the one seed, I would say. They're not going to lose anytime soon. 
So I'd like to see a scenario where the Bills win next week against the Patriots, and they're twelve and twelve and three, and they're pretty much locked themselves into the two seed. And then there's no reason for them to go out there and put the starters in for Week 17. And you look at who they're playing Week 17. They're playing the Dolphins, who are the third of three wild card spots. So that's probably going to be a must-win game for the Dolphins. So you're going to look to see the Dolphins probably give it their all and try to win that game. So I'm going to say that 12 and forwards are going to be their final record with a win against the Patriots next week, and then a loss against the Dolphins in Week 17, maybe sitting some of their starters for the playoffs. You know, something along those lines. Yeah, and then you know, I I pretty much had the same thing where I definitely think they'll beat the Patriots. I mean, it in Bill Belichick's eyes, there's probably no reason to win a football game again this year since they were eliminated for the you know from the playoffs. Cam Newton is not the quarterback of the future there. Not that really anybody thought he was going into this whole situation, anyways. But I mean, there was a point where they were two and zero, and everyone's like, "Wow, look at Cam in New England." Well. <laughs> that's early in the season though and you know and you love how the media loves to hype up things way too early that is a that is their specialty maybe sometimes we do it too because technically we are the media i mean yeah we're not upfront and personal with the nfl and their players but we are recording about it and constantly talking about it too but again i think they will beat the patriots but I think they're going to be in a situation where there's no reason to start your starters risk injury for the playoffs and I think they'll lose against the Dolphins simply because they're fighting up for a playoff spot. And again, they won't have their full team because of starting them. And then when I look at them in the playoffs, I mean, this is a Buffalo Bills team who, me personally, I'll admit it, I slept on definitely going into the season, especially starting off with Josh Allen. I mean, you could technically, if you really wanted to, put Josh Allen in the MVP race for how he's been performing. And I like, it's crazy to say, but. And I don't think he will come out on top, but you could definitely argue that he deserves to be in that race. And no, yeah, definitely with the decline of uh, you know Rogers had a couple tough games, so did Mahomes and Wilson. Definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I, I think we discussed this at like the halfway point or something along there. Um, I don't think uh, Allen will win it. I think I said, but I think he definitely should be up there. So yeah, still agree with that sentiment that he should be in the race. But, you know, maybe get a vote or two and a couple votes, but he's, I don't think he's going to win it either. Yeah, and you just look at how the general manager and then the head coach, Sean McDermott, just kind of build the roster around Josh Allen. You know, they kind of already were known for their defense, as McDermott was a defensive coordinator coming over from the Panthers. Yeah, it wasn't maybe the best right off the bat, but obviously it's better now. But they kind of focused on that first, and then once kind of Josh Allen came along, you saw these players being added to really just help him develop, get some protection, allow him to do his thing because we all know how mobile he is. They were, you know, starting to work on his accuracy because they knew he had the strong arm. It's just a matter of if he can hit a wide receiver. But then this offseason, they managed to get Stefan Diggs. I mean, they really went the whole way in making sure that Josh Allen has the protection and the talent. And that clearly has helped them. They are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. I definitely think they can get past the wild card, no, really no matter who they play. It's just a matter of how far can you get, depending on the divisional matchup. Maybe they fall short there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they make it all the way to the championship game. Maybe against, I mean, probably against the Chiefs, unless they have to meet them at some point. But that's not likely if they land the number two spot. So... Maybe they can make it all the way to the conference championship. I mean, it's. I really don't think that's that crazy to say. 
No, yeah, definitely not. And you look at the AFC now, you know, look, so looking a little weaker by the day. You know, the Titans just got knocked off by the Browns last week, or a couple weeks ago, rather. And um, didn't they, I think they lost again yesterday, right? Uh, no, I think they came out on top against, who are they playing? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll continue on with your point. I'll, I'll, I'll check the score. Anyway, yeah, like the AFC is looking pretty weak. So I think in a Bills Chiefs the AFC Championship game, you can definitely see that with the way the Steelers are playing. They don't look like they don't look like a playoff team right now. Um, but the Browns do look good though, so they're probably one of the Chiefs or the Chiefs or the Bills are going to have to go through the Browns too. Uh, I think those are the probably the top three teams realistically right now. Um, I would say the fourth best team is the Ravens because they're playing well now, but they're on the outside looking in. They need a couple things for them to get in. Uh, and uh, who's the AFC South? Uh, the Colts too. Uh, the Colts have a good defense, but I don't think they're in that top tier right now. The way um, their offense is playing, it's kicked it up a little bit. But I still think that those other three teams I mentioned are a tier above them. Um, I'd say the Colts are contenders for the championship game. Definitely have no chance of getting to the Super Bowl. I'd say the three Super Bowl contenders out of the AFC would be the Chiefs, Bills, and the Browns, maybe. And then Steelers look like pretenders right now. And then the Colts look good. But outside of that, I'd say that's about it for the AFC. Yeah, and the, and the Colts can still come out on top of the AFC South champs because now the Titans and Colts are both 10-4. and four, But just going off the point that of if the Titans won, the Titans did win yesterday, and that was against the Detroit Lions. It was 46-25. to 25, So <laughs> it was definitely... Huh? Did they lose last week, maybe? Yeah, no, they they lost. I think they lost week fourteen. You you were right in terms of they lost to here. Let me see. Come on, ESPN. Oh no, they didn't lose. They beat the Jaguars thirty-one to ten. So I think is it week thirteen? Or are we going to be zero for three here? I, I think it, yeah, it was week thirteen against the Browns. Yeah, let's, let's stop looking. We'll go with the Browns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the playoff race is hot. And the Bills are definitely in it. They're in it to win it. They're going to go far. It's just a matter of if they can get past the Chiefs. And to, to be honest, I think the Chiefs are going to you know go back to the Super Bowl. They probably will win it again just because they are lights out. And the duo of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable. You can never doubt them in any situation. And that is just a must. It's just something amazing to have. But since we're on the topic of... Oh, wait, go ahead. Pause on the Chiefs for a second. I definitely think um, they're the top team, but they do. They have looked a little vulnerable the last couple of weeks against the Dolphins. Mahomes looked shaky to say the least. He didn't look like the star-studded MVP that he always had. Think about how they rebounded in that game, though. Like I, I will admit, it started off rough, but they fixed it. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying they look bad by any means. I'm just saying they look vulnerable. Like they're, they can expose them a little bit. Okay, yeah. Like. But, I mean, like you said, he bounced back and still had a good game. So, even just a, a good game for Patrick Mahomes looks bad. You know, that's what it's come to be, the expectation for him right now. But, yeah, they definitely look like the best team. I wouldn't say they have a walk um, as much as I would a couple weeks ago. They look a little shaky. But they definitely are by far, on the way, the, the best team right now. Just I'm just saying they look a little vulnerable. Yeah. All right. So, now, since we're on the topic of – you know, the playoff race. Let's get to that next. And then we're going to be getting to the whole quarterback situation with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's where we will be ending. But 
actually, before I do that, let's get a check on the score in the NFL in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with 20, oh, all right, with 11 seconds left, the Steelers have the ball. It's a second and 11, and it is 27 to 17 Bengals. So there you go. They lost to the Bengals because Ben Roethlisberger is now kneeling it. And once 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers have now lost three straight. And look at that. You want to know what also this does too? The Jets now definitely have a top two pick. Let's not forget about that. This win by the Bengals secures that the Jets definitely have top two. They can't fall anymore. But if you're looking at the Steelers, I mean... You just lost to a now, well, before, you had a 2 10 and one team starting their third-string quarterback in Ryan Finley. You, you have to wonder, will there be any changes in terms of maybe some starters going on? Or maybe Mike Tomlin will sit Juju down and tell him to stop being an idiot in front of the media. Yeah, he's being himself and having fun, but he's really making a fool out of himself and kind of like the organization, especially that they're now on this three-game losing streak. Juju and his TikToks have been a, a run amok in the media lately. Um, so definitely think maybe he'll have a talk with him and say, hey, listen, we got rid of Antonio Brown. We don't need this nonsense right now with you. But yeah, going to the playoff picture, it gets a little interesting in the NFC, as we talked about earlier, for a little bit. You know, I just touched on a little bit the Jets' law. Jets did win and the Rams lost. So that may create a spot or two. But the Steelers losing is definitely big. For the Browns, as we aforementioned. But yeah, going back to the playoff picture, I, the Bears have been looking good, like we said earlier, and I think they're only a game back of the Cardinals or the Rams. Maybe the Cardinals, I think. It's the Cardinals. Back. Yeah, so I think, yeah, let me, I'm pulling it up right now. The playoff spot is the Rams, Rams, Buccaneers at 9 and 5, at 5 and 6, and then the Cardinals at 8 and 6 are that last spot. Technically, the Vikings are still in contention. It says they are not officially eliminated, but you'd like to think they have no shot right now. Yeah, they need especially a lot for ha- to happen. Especially after losing to the Bears this week. So they need the Bears to lose out. They need the Cardinals to lose out, which I don't think is going to happen. But the Chicago Bears, at 7-7, seven and seven, a game back of the Cardinals, are very much in play. And I'm pretty sure the Cardinals' last two games are against the Seahawks and the Rams, both difficult games. So... Maybe there's a small little tinkering light at the end of the tunnel for the Bears in this up-and-down season where the, in which everyone was like, how are they 5-0? and And then they went from 5-0 and to 5-6 and like six real quick. And now here they are, still a game back with a chance at the playoffs, maybe. Yeah, and just to give a quick overview of everything that's going on in the playoffs right now. So, the Chiefs, Steelers, and I put Titans, but it, and Bills, I mean, for the AFC in terms of they are definitely in the playoffs. Or excuse me, oh, what am I? What did I write here? Oh man, my so notes. My notes. Yeah. Bills, so Chiefs and Steelers clinched already. Steelers clinched the yeah. playoff spot, but they did not clinch um, like the division. Okay. Yeah. Here, I I got it. Uh, <laughs> I messed up here. Yes, his Chiefs, Steelers, Bills are all in for the AFC. Packers, Saints, and Seahawks are all in for the NFC. Chiefs, Bills, and Packers have clinched their divisions, and then just going for 4, 5, 6, and 7 for the AFC. Titans are at 4, Browns at 5, Colts at 6, Dolphins at 7. And then for the NFC, you have Washington at 4, Rams at 5, Bucks at 6, Cardinals at 7. So that is just, for right now, the season ended today. 
That's what it's looking like. Yeah, um, definitely an interesting uh, race uh, for the last wild card spot in both conferences right now. You know, we dismissed the Bears a couple weeks ago, but they're right back in it. They're looking like a legitimate playoff team. I wouldn't say, you know, Super Bowl contender, but playoff team, yeah, you can give them that. Uh, and in the AFC, you have the Ravens hot on the trail of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and you have, you have the, the Raiders sitting at nine, still in it technically, but, you know, they have looked shaky to say the least. They got lucky with a win against the Jets. Yeah, they, they should have lost. lost. <laughs> they lost the last two. After a very impressive start, including beating the Chiefs, their only loss of the season. But they're out of it, I think. And then the Dolphins and the Ravens for the last game. I don't know, I'm not quite certain who the Dolphins play this week, but I know they play the Bills, like we mentioned, in Week 17. And if we're going on the Miami Dolphins as well, I'll pull it up right now. The Dolphins actually play the Raiders next week. How ironic that we were just talking about the Raiders. Yeah, that's so, yeah. that's huge. And that's that's a Saturday night primetime game, so everyone will be tuned into that. And then the Ravens, they finish off with the Giants this week, which probably going to see Colt McCoy out there again. And then the Bengals. So you'd like to think the Ravens could win those two games. But if, and if you're the Dolphins, you need to hold on to your two wins. You know, Raiders should be winning that game, and the Bills... Hopefully you'll see the Bills backups and you can win that game too. And New York Giants too, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot in terms of just this playoff race because Daniel Jones getting hurt, obviously, at first is no one's fault. Okay, that it's the part of the game. You're constantly hitting into people. It, it is going to happen. And even when you're not hitting into people, you know, you see so many torn ACLs and broken ankles happen that way. But you definitely look back at the game against... Who was it? Not the, not the Seahawks. Where did he return? Against the Cardinals. You look at the game against the Cardinals, and you just saw that Daniel Jones was not 100%. And to me, I, I think you had to be in a situation where there that you just start Colt McCoy again. Yeah, he didn't bring too much offense against the Seahawks, but the defense still kept him in that game, and they managed to beat the Seattle Seahawks. I think the, I think the Seahawks are better than the Cardinals. And you definitely could have beaten the Cardinals. I'm not a fan of the decision there. And kind of bad coaching, too, in terms of last night. I mean, I understand they were out Jason Garrett because of him testing positive for COVID-19. So Freddie Kitchens was the play caller. But you saw Joe Judge make a bad play call on fourth down. They had Riley Dixon in this weird formation. He ended up throwing a pass that went out out of the end zone. So at that point, you know, just take the points. You have Graham Gano. He's going to make the kick. And now they're in a situation where they're tied for second in the division with the Dallas Cowboys, who are emerging of late. But then you have the Washington football team that have been playing great. Again, I know they're just 6-8, and eight, but past couple of weeks, now the Washington football team are the favorites to win this division. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that they were playing well with Alex Smith. Um, that defense still plays stellar against the Seahawks, too, which I thought, you know. Realistically, they had a great offense the first half of the season, but they've been a little lackluster, so not as impressive. But still a hard offense to stop when you have Russell Wilson running around with all those weapons, DK, Metal Cap, and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they need to get Alex Smith back, though. Because, like you mentioned, with the Ohio State quarterbacks, they're all hyped nuts, especially in the NFL. Uh, Haskins does not look great in any game he's played in. So they need to hope that Alex Smith is okay and that he can continue to play for them. 
Yeah, 100%, because that is a huge factor for them. And then also just the quarterback position as a whole going into the uh, the offseason is something that, you know, you might have to consider. Maybe one of these guys that, you know, are in rumors of being traded or really released, anything there, maybe they'll look for that option as well. Or if Alex Smith is still willing to play for another season, which based off how he's played this year, I feel like that would happen. It's just a matter of if they would want to give him that opportunity again, maybe they go there again. But since I'm on the talk, it uh, since I'm on the topic, excuse me, of you know quarterbacks, quarterback situations, I brought this up. Let's get into the Philadelphia Eagles because again, we've talked about this previously on the show, but I think it deserves more time. Personally, I want to ask, what does the future hold for Carson Wentz and the Eagles? Because we all know that Philly owes Wentz a lot of money for the next two seasons. But according to Adam Schefter yesterday. Wentz has no interest in being the backup to Jalen Hurts, which I get. But do you think he gets traded? And if so, what teams would look into acquiring him? Um, I really don't know. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of teams that could be interested in him based off the potential um, that, you know, he, there was that MVP season that he looked good. But in terms of Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think there lies a reasonable future because obviously he doesn't want to be the backup at this point. He's getting paid a lot of money. They're not just going to cut him. They're not going to trade him. They might. The only reasonable solution to this might be like, hey, listen, Carson, we know you don't want to be the backup, but and we know you want out, and we're trying, but no one's going to take that contract. So you got to take a pay cut. And if he's willing, if he really wants out of the Eagles, that's what I think is the likely scenario where you see Carson Wentz take some sort of a pay cut, and then even still, the Eagles are probably going to have to eat some money. And still not get that good of a return. Yeah, and again, you kind of hit the nail on the head where just I can name some teams that could be landing spots for Carson Wentz, but are they going to be able to take on that cap space? And even if they are able to, are they going to want to at that point? Because that is such a huge cap for a guy that, you know, you're not really sure of what he's going to be. Is he going to be, are you going to be able to turn him in or turn him back into that MVP form that we, you know, we're maybe taught that he could have won that year if he didn't get hurt? Or is he going to be the Carson Wentz as of late, which has looked awful? Because, again, Jalen Hurts has been performing well, even though he's still, you know, the Eagles didn't win the game yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals. He still looked great. Four total touchdowns, I believe. And, I mean, or maybe it was five and 400 yards, something like that. He, Yeah, he, he, he played great. Let's put it that way. And he's mobile, and he really, it really seems like that, Carson Wentz was the problem for the Eagles because Hurts has come in here, has made this offense just look more electric. They look fresh, ready to go. Just everybody's working together there. And, you know, you look at the future for Hurts, definitely looks bright. But just thinking or naming teams that could be landing spots for Carson Wentz, I put down the Colts because maybe after this season, you know, if Phil Rivers decides to hang it up, I don't think he will. But even if he does, you know, do the Colts bring him back because of age, or do they look? I, I don't know. You know, I just put them in there because I feel like there's a possibility. I put Washington again because I doubt they would get he would get traded to an NFC East rival, but mm-hmm. you, you know, know yeah. you never know. I put which honestly could be an interesting landing spot for him is the New England Patriots. We all know Bill Belichick can make players into something. He's done it with so many, yep. and. I feel like, again, it just would be a great spot for him. I put the Broncos with a question mark 
Because I don't think it would happen, but I feel like there could be a chance, depending on how John Elway feels about Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke has played well enough this season to give it one more go and really prove it, yeah. prove yourself. Yeah. But and yeah, when you're done, I'd like to throw a wild card team out there too, possibly. Yeah, I just have two more teams left. I have the Vikings because you don't know what they're going to be doing with Kirk Cousins. Again, it's kind of a iffy situation there. I feel like the Vikings would like to go with maybe somebody in the draft or some type of younger option, but. We don't know what the future looks like there for Kirk Cousins. And then again, one other team that I named is the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they're in a playoff race right now, but they clearly have had an issue with the quarterback position between choosing Nick Foles and Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky has played well in the past couple of weeks, but I still don't know the future for the two of them there. So maybe the Bears too, but that's pretty much does it for my team. So go ahead and share yours and then we'll wrap this show up. Team uh, may touch uh, a little close to home right here, but the Los Angeles Rams and the way Jared Goff plays sometimes. Um, and you talk about Belichick and a coach that can get the most out of his players. Jared Goff was labeled a big time bust. He looked terrible. And George, uh, what's his name? Sean McVay has managed to make him into this borderline elite quarterback. And yet he still has these games sometimes, like like yesterday against the Jets, where he just looks like he's clueless and he's got nothing, you know, he's got nothing, he's doing nothing, he's lost, he's playing horrible. So maybe Sean McVay's like, oh, enough is enough, you know? I've seen what Carson, can, what Carson Wentz can do without me. I can only imagine what he can do with me. Now, I know you said it's a wild card team, but the only thing I want to say about that is, again, it's just that they also are in a con- they're an extension yeah. with yeah, golf, you know? That, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but, like, their contract is he's in the second of the fourth year, I believe. So I think they have an out, right, either this year or at the end of next year. So, like I said, obviously a wild card team, but I wouldn't rule them out. Yeah, I know, I, I, I could see it. It's It's not that far off. But it's it it's definitely interesting. And then I, I, I believe on Twitter, I forgot who this bozo was that tweeted this, but they're like, should the Jets consider it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. You're in a position now where it's either Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold. You know, we, we talked on that before. But, yeah, I, I don't know what the future looks like for Carson Wentz, re- I really, because he's going to need to take a pay cut if he doesn't want to be sitting on the bench in Philadelphia. And I kind of honestly like what Ryan Clark said today on ESPN. He said how Carson Wentz is just soft right now and that he needs to just get out of Philadelphia because Philadelphia is a city that is going to just destroy him. That's what their fan base does. And, <laughs> I mean, they already are destroying him. But, I, I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. All these landing spots are potential or have potential there, but it's just a matter of, can he give up the money in order to possibly get another starting job? Yeah, I'd like, yeah, like I said, that's the only way I see him getting another starting job is if he gives up that contract. Exactly. But before we finish up, I just want to ask you, do you have any last thoughts that maybe you want to get out? Anything about fantasy, whatever the case is, and then we'll finish up. So are you fantasy owners who made it this far? You're probably in the championship game as, as am I for next week. So am I. Good luck to you. Good luck to you well as everyone else who's listening with their championship games next week. Uh-huh. May you make the best line of decisions, and hopefully no one on your bench scores more than 10 points. <laughs> hopefully no one gets hurt, too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, 
But again, that's going to do it for this episode of Diving into the, en- into the End Zone. Excuse me. He's Alex Warner. I'm Domino Garbolino. Everybody have a good night. If you listen to this at a nighttime, whatever. I forgot it's a podcast. There's no specific time for it. Everybody just have a good day. No matter when you're going to listen to this, just make sure. Have a good day. And we'll post another episode next week.